to the Lotus Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Carroll, and today we have two very special guests. Val Spees, who you know is normally the co-host on this Lotus Podcast. She is the owner and director of the Lotus Pond in Tampa, Florida, and I will be interviewing her alongside Jean Malloy a licensed psychologist for over 20 years, providing therapy in many settings with many different age groups with a special focus on grief. So welcome, Val and Jean. So wonderful to have you here today. Thank you, Melissa. Nice to be um, sitting on the other side of the interview today. Yes. (laughs) And since the Lotus Podcast is about how we can bring the ancient wisdom of yoga into our modern lives, I wanted to begin with a discussion of of dharma. And in yoga, we often refer to one's calling or dharma. And we know that there are usually personal experiences that prepare us for this work of our lives. So, Dr. Malloy and Val, I understand that the two of you are being called to offer support to those grieving in this year of 2020, and there is so much to grieve in 2020, and we can get into that. So um, perhaps we can start with you, Dr. Malloy. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about what drew you to specialize in grief and how you're called to support those grieving this year in particular? Yes, I'd be happy to share with you my experiences and thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. So in my life, one of the early losses that I think really was formative was the loss of my sister, Kathy. And she had battled Wilms tumor, which is a type of childhood cancer throughout her early years, and in 1974, at the age of 12, uh, she died from it. And I was 10 years old at the time. So in many ways, that death of someone you love opens up inside of you a capacity to feel things. And as you process through grief, it also opens up a capacity for empathy. Now, for me, that didn't necessarily connect the dots until I was much older and even was already a psychologist after my father's death that I really did connect the dots and realized how much grieving Kathy and healing from that and understanding impermanence and the suffering that goes with loss uh, had shaped my vocation. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that, Jean. And Val, Would you please share with us a little of your experience as well? Well, we're talking about uh, calling and and Dharma and how um, you build up to that calling in your life um, through through your experiences. And I feel that I've very strongly been called to being the director of a, a yoga center and meditation center in many ways, but um, now there's a new development in my life that's taking me further into my calling. And that is the passing of of my soulmate, my love, my partner, 
um, in the month of August, right, amidst all of the pandemic. And uh, so it was in this time that I was able to move through the emotions and recognize the level of compassion that um, can be in our lives when you go through grief. And so all of these things that we've been learning over the years, and Melissa and I have been teaching in teacher training about um, processing the events of our lives in a very, a very uh, calm and perspective way, in a very mindful way. All of these have really come into fruition with, with this experience of my partner passing. And in this process, one thing that I realized that there were some really lonely times, even though I'm surrounded by my community, my community is not in my bedroom at night helping me during those lonely hours. And I felt like there was something more that I needed to reach out to for support during this time of grieving. And that's uh, what brought me to yet a new level of my calling, my dharma, is to reach out to those, especially in this year of 2020, when there's so much loss, and offer some sort of support through, through um, the teachings that we have been um, taking on in these past many years. <laughs> so beautifully said. Thank you, Val, for sharing that. And both of you alluded to the compassion and empathy that arises when we experience the depths of, of grief, and it is an incredibly powerful teacher. <laughs> and you've both pointed out that amidst these tragic personal losses that you have both experienced in your lives, there is also a collective sense of grief that is occurring because it is 2020 and we are amidst a global pandemic. And so I wonder if, um, Jean, if you would speak to that a little too as well, how grief is permeating our lives in ways that maybe some people aren't even identifying as grief. Sure, because it is definitely happening around us. Um, we think of grief with the death of a loved one, and that is probably the most sharp pain of impermanence, of the fact that things don't stay the same. But there are many ways that we can lose things that are precious to us. And certainly, you know, divorce or breakups are a type of death, a loss of a relationship. But in this year, we lost our day-to-day our -day routines, right? We had to all alter how we live. And there's going to be grief about that kind of change. Many people have also lost loved ones to the illness. And we've also lost, well, we have kind of this bubble around us until we go through something traumatic or a loss where we don't really pay attention to how fragile we are and how interconnected we are. And then this pandemic just really brought that home that 
the world doesn't owe us to exist in the way we think it ought to, right? That we have to adapt to the world. And uh, so it, there's a lost sort of, um, sometimes it's referred to as like an existential crisis or the, our assumptions of our worldview, but that kind of gets shattered when the whole world changes as it did this year. And so it can be offsetting and people can feel unsettled and feel disorganized. And they may not even know why exactly, because they're okay and their family's okay and, and they may even be able to keep their job, and yet they have that sense of something being off. And then there are obviously the losses because of the economy as well, and for children, the not being able to go to school, and so just so many ways that our day-to-day -day life has been upended. Yes, definitely. And I know several people who have lost their pets their dog or their cat. I don't know why that it seems to be so heightened at this time, but um, there we are surrounded by losses. We are surrounded by um, uh, situations that cut us off from what has always been so familiar. Absolutely, yes. And that phrase Jean, that you said that the world doesn't owe us anything it can be a shattering realization. The, the sense of feeling upended and disoriented is so pervasive and so real for so many of us, no matter um, how 2020 has taken shape precisely in, in our lives. And I think this is why the work that you both do is so important and especially this year. And so, um, Jean, if you could tell me what tools do you feel are most significant for those who are listening and are, are looking for, for something to, to grab a hold of amidst all of this? Anything that brings you to the now, because a lot of times the, the disorganization, the unsettled feeling relates to thinking about the past or worrying about the future. And so those kind of grounding techniques that bring you to your senses really help you ground in this moment. And along with that will be the types of things that help you step back from your experience and notice it. So journaling does that, art does that, for children and adults, play can do that. But anything that helps you not get so connected to your experience that you think you are that experience. So any of those kind of contemplative things, whether it's prayer or meditation, that just helps you step back and notice yourself is really going to help people get perspective. It's amazing because... Those are so parallel to the techniques that we explore in the yoga practice, especially the deeper layers of yoga that involve mindfulness and involve yoga philosophy. It's just so amazing to see the, the correspondences between these techniques to help people. Yes, and it really brings uh, right into view all the studies of the present moment, because I know now from experience that when you really start to feel lost, when you are feeling the anxiety build, it's because you're losing your footing, you're um, 
you're lost in the uh, the experience that you've just had with the loss, and you're uh, spending a lot of time just focusing on things that have happened in the past, and then you get really worried about the future, and in the middle, you forget to just stand where you are, and I think those are such significant techniques of just looking at your feet, stand on the ground. You are right here, right now, in this moment. What can you do with this moment? And that, like Jane was saying, um, helps you feel more grounded. Uh, you have something to grab hold of. You are here now. Exactly. And isn't it incredible that that teaching is so foundational in yoga. It's one of the very first techniques that we give our students. That, and this is something that the ancient yogic sages have known because they were also intimately aware of suffering as well. And this is a part of our human condition and how wonderful that we have these tools and these practices to help us remember to be right here in the present moment. It's one of those things that is so much easier said than done, of course, and um, how fortunate we are for those of us who do have a meditation practice or a yoga practice that we, we are cultivating that, that inner capacity to, to remember to come back to the present moment again and again, and again. And it is, it is just that. It is a practice. It's not something that we arrive at and we can just then float in that state of presence for the rest of our lives. We have to practice returning to it again and again. Right. And there are all different um, doorways into experiencing these methods of, of support. And uh, whether that is through meditation, practice, something that you're already familiar with, or if meditation and yoga are just not in, um, in your daily life, then there are the practices that Jean was just mentioning about, you know, five things that you see or, um, you know, those type of methods. So there, there is uh, help for everyone by just reaching out and exploring these different techniques. Yes, exactly. And we do hear a lot in the wellness world about self-care. It's become quite a big buzzword this year and for very good reason, but I think it's also important as so many of us are navigating this murky and very, very difficult time where we're not sure of, of exactly the, the weight of our own emotions. Jean, I'm curious, how does someone determine if self-help is enough or if they need to seek professional guidance? So I think we have a natural resilience and we have a tendency towards help. There's just times where we get in our own way. We get in our own way for trying to avoid emotions or try to over-control things, sort of like 
you know, we were talking about that being in the now and just accepting where you are. Well, that acceptance requires you to relinquish some control. And so when people get stuck, it's because they are trying to control things that they can't control. And they're avoiding emotions rather than letting them come in waves. And so people will do things like seek pleasure through substances or gambling. So your addictions can definitely be a sign that you're trying to cope by making yourself feel better, but it's actually making things worse. So certainly that would be a sign. And there are different levels of support. So grief in general needs a witness. It's not something any of us do by ourselves. We, we need someone to reflect back to us what we're going through to mirror it. And so even um, anyone who's coping really well is still going to need to reach out and speak to someone, find someone that can be that mirror for them and be their witness to this journey. And then there are podcasts, there are uh, grief groups, there are individual psychotherapy and group psychotherapy. So really, I think you start by talking to another person, looking at, are you able to do the things you ask yourself to do? And, and then determining, you know, where, where, what level of help would be most helpful here? Do I just need this witness or do I need a little bit more structured support like a group? Or, you know, it's really time to talk with a therapist because your attempts to take care of yourself are not working and you're making yourself suffer more and move further away from your own goals. Yes, and I feel like um, even if you feel like you're uh, maneuvering through this okay, a lot of sadness, but you think, no, I, I guess I'm okay here. I, I know that I've learned from Jean that you really, um, there may be one thing that you're doing that is, is not helpful. And that's the kind of thing, like you say, is seen by an observer. And for me, it, uh, one of the main things was that I, um, I'm so concerned about everyone around me, and I'm thinking, well, they have a loss, too, in losing my partner, even though it's not the same as mine, but I've taken on a responsibility of trying to keep things normal for the people around me, and this was pointed out to me that uh, this is one time in my life where I need to take care of myself and not spend so much time worrying about everyone around me. So whereas that might not be something that you think of, oh, I would need to go to a therapist to find this out. Maybe it is, you know, maybe to have that professional observation of, uh, of how you're responding to the situation, that sometimes just a few words uh, can put you back on track. I think it's really worthwhile to pursue some advice because a lot of times the pieces that are missing are not even something that's evident to you. Right. That's an excellent point, Val. It's so true. And it's especially true because 
as we are recording this in mid-November, the holidays are coming up. The holidays of 2020. So, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and of course, now amidst the newfound challenges uh, that, that we're all facing because of the pandemic, uh, for those who are suffering with even greater personal losses and going through grief to these various degrees, whether it is for a loved one or a job or an aspect of their lives, um, I'm very curious to know what advice do you have in particular for the holiday season? It is helpful to, to think about and make a plan for yourself. You may not follow the plan, but when you spend the time thinking about a plan, you nurture that relationship with yourself because you think, well, what, what would be good for me? And even if you don't follow the plan, that's going to be helpful. And it will keep you from bumping into a lonely experience and then in that moment having to think of what to do. So even if you have plans with people that you tell them, I'm going to come over, but I'm not sure. You give yourself wiggle room, but at least you know that there's another person that expects to hear from you and you have that connection. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's important advice over the holidays. Dr. Malloy and I have actually put together um, a recording. We call them conversations uh, where we're discussing the details of how to approach the holidays. And we're working on um, a variety of offerings for, for people today who are suffering from grief. And some of these offerings are in the form of conversations uh, that verge on, you know, just a little bit of therapy, but they're really just conversations between the two of us. And how to make plans for the holidays is one of our very first uh, discussions. In addition to that, we're putting together meditations and yoga classes and a variety of support offerings uh, for yoga students, for everyone just in general. This is uh, our intention is to to reach out and provide support that I know I would appreciate myself uh, to be able to go on my phone or my computer and in those lonely, quiet times, perhaps I need a little bit more. So we're looking at a lot of different platforms in offering this. We are on the Lotus Pond website. We have a page there. We have a YouTube channel and we also, um, are working on future plans for an app. It is so crucial for, for us and especially those suffering with grief to remember that they are not alone and that there is support, which ties into the roots of the yoga tradition as well, that we are all inextricably woven together in this, in this life. And I think what you both are doing and creating all of these resources, especially during this very tender time of year, is so much needed in our world. So thank you again to the both of you 
um, Val and Dr. Malloy for, for creating this space, this heart space, as I believe it will be called. Is that correct? That's right. Heart <laughs> yes. Heart space. That's beautiful. And we will be including the links to the heart space resources in the show notes of this podcast. So you can find out more and you will uh, get to see this project evolve and all of these resources come to life. So definitely stay, stay tuned for more from Val and Dr. Malloy because they have so many beautiful, nourishing and supportive resources for you, for all of us. Yes. Thank you, Melissa. My Thank pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, both of you. And Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lotus Podcast. If you felt uplifted or nourished by this conversation, please give us five stars, give us a great review on iTunes, share this conversation with a loved one or anyone that you think could also benefit from it. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Namaste. Namaste.